got eight yards. Now Hay, look at Jared Hay, running over people. Can he keep running past people? Oh, Jared Hay. Here's Houston on fourth down, trying one more time, and Alfred Blue did not get in. Jerome Simpson, a new 49er, wide to the left, very top. That's where Gabbert's looking. But instead, he comes underneath the Selleck, who breaks the tackle and scores. It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. game obviously the score was not what we want it to be i mean uh, you know whether we you know exhibition games or if it's a preseason game or whatever we're putting helmets on to play we need to win we need to play to that level uh with that being said uh saw a lot of things from a lot of people today week one of the preseason in the books the 49ers fell to the houston texans 23 to 10 i'm brian peacock that over there is Nick Winkler. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Nick, hit him up at Bay Area Wink. Thank you for joining us once again. Gold Faithful 49ers radio show brought to you by DynastySportsEmpire.com. Fantasy sports, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, DynastySportsEmpire.com has you covered. And also a special shout out to Lawrence Marino, who runs DSE for our Gold Faithful logo. Oh, which looks fantastic. The logo's fantastic. Also uh, available very soon, Gold Faithful t-shirts. Tees. Yeah, I'm really excited to, if you to head rock to our one Twitter, of those. We'll, we'll, we'll get that link out to you once again, too. Mm-hmm. Some t-shirts there done by uh, Lawrence over at Dynasty Sports Empire. Big things. I'm in a Dynasty League over there, Football League. Very deep. IDP, which you don't like. I'm out. Which I love. I'm out. Uh, very deep league. It's awesome. Lots I, of trading action. I stopped and listening. And it's Dynasty, so... Dynasty, you got me back. All right. Just drop that IDP thing and I'm in. A lot of good news. Excellent. A lot of bad news also around the NFL. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, the 49ers' first exhibition game. A very special guest to break that down with us, Chris Biederman. He's going to join us yes. uh, a little bit later. But for now, obviously, the biggest news to me over the last few days here uh, came across the wire today. This is Wednesday night. Uh, Cardinals guard Mike Iapati. Yes. Of course, former 49er guard, likely to undergo arthroscopic knee surgery, could put him out six to eight weeks. That is a huge loss for an NFC West rival. That is a big loss for them, and it was one of their biggest additions in the offseason. Right. Um, now he's going to be gone half the year. Yeah, and that's one of the, the biggest losses that we had also from the 49ers. So that's ooh, that's that's going to be a rough one for them to overcome. Can't say I'm upset about it. As a 49er fan. You know, and it happens. It's it's getting me a little bit worried. You kind of you'd be like, well, maybe maybe the starters shouldn't play it right. all that much in these preseason games. But a lot of these injuries practice are happening too. in practice. Yeah, I mean, obviously. And maybe more so. Kelvin Benjamin, oh, news today. Devastating. Torn, torn ACL out for the year. Yeah, so, so bad. I mean, he had a huge rookie season. I mean, dude only caught like half the passes thrown his way. But still, when he's the number one target and you lose him as a Panthers fan, you got to be very disappointed today. LaShawn McCoy had a little scare, but it looks like he's going to be okay. He'll yeah. be back for week one, I think. I just, I, I, I want the 49ers to just stop practicing right now. Is, is that Gosh, weird? It's, it is weird. Yeah. I want, they, they need so much time to gel. There's obviously <laughs> some things we're going to need to talk about right. here uh, when we break this game down. They are definitely not in uh, week one form yet, but the 49ers lost a player as well this week. Yeah, they did indeed. Jerome Simpson suspended yeah. six games. Something that apparently uh, the team knew about coming in that, that it might be, uh, 
uh, you know, the case heading into the season that he might be suspended. Yeah, and this is uh, apparently you might, it's for something that happened, citation for marijuana and open container in July of 2014. While so, he was suspended already? He was or already yeah, yeah, he got hit with a three-game thing last season when, when he was in Minnesota. Right. And he did something else, and so now there's this. Straight up win with class guy right there, you know? Uh, yeah. he, he just keeps getting suspended. You know, what, is this the third time now that he's been suspended? I mean, this is getting ridiculous, right? Yeah, and uh, Balky had a statement actually from from Chris Biederman's Twitter account. Uh, it, it read, in part, we're in full support of the NFL's decision and look forward to Jerome's future contributions to this organization. So He can practice, apparently, and play in all preseason games and everything. He's just going to miss the first six games of the regular season. That's a lot. I thought it, I heard this news, and I was like, okay, well, goodbye, Jerome Simpson. Right. That's what I thought. And then I, it's actually, it might be the best thing as weird as it sounds, even for him, because he doesn't have to make the team. I see what you're saying. And it's giving they guys like Quentin Patton right. and, yeah, and DeAndre White. I mean, it's giving these guys an extra chance you to prove themselves. You get to watch these guys for six more weeks. You can yeah. sit on Jerome Simpson. You can cut him in week six if you want to. That's a good point. Yeah, if, if Quentin Patton and Bruce Ellington and maybe even White show that, that they are legit, yeah, it's like, okay, we didn't really lose anything with Jerome Simpson. We took a yeah. shot and Somebody gets hurt out. and you think, okay, well, right. we really need Jerome back. It's depth. Or maybe you're like, you know, we don't need this guy, so All see right. you later. I like the way you're looking kinda, at that. Yeah, kinda, it Took me. I had to stand on my head a little bit and look at it and thought, well, you know, might be kind of a bonus. I didn't in know a way. that you could stand on your head. I can. I'd actually like to see that. Yeah. Uh, the Niners made a trade as well. They sent Asante Cleveland to New England. And they, we talked about how deep they were at tight end. So this was just, you know, a, an expendable piece there that they could get rid of. He actually had three catches for 10 yards in that exhibition game. Probably not going to get to that later since he's no longer on the team. Uh, they brought in a new guard. Uh, Jordan, is it Devi? Devi, I believe. I'm yeah. not that familiar with Jordan Devi. You know, I don't remember England. seeing him play. He started four games at guard for the the champions of the NFL last season. He's 27 years old, undrafted free agent. Um, it's only his second full year. I think he spent some time on some practice squads. Mm-hmm. So to be 27, he's only accrued two seasons. It's kind of odd. but Yeah, I mean, I guess that that's good and bad. I mean, it's bad because he doesn't have the experience, but good because maybe his body isn't that banged up. I mean, apparently he was taking snaps at left guard with the third team in practice today. So, you know, if they are going to to bring him in, it, it's going to be on a slow process. Somebody's going to, like you said, maybe some injuries. Obviously, you don't hope for anything like that. But but he, he just added depth. And when we get to that um, that that review of the the first preseason game, there's definitely some gripes. Not necessarily some gripes, but the left side of the the whole second half, the left side of the offensive line did not look good. No, so depth no. could be a problem there. So obviously that's a need position, and you know, smart move. Quentin Patton got in a little scrape. Yeah, not a smart move by Patton. With Tank Carradine, who outweighs him by 150 pounds. I, you know, I kind of have a little a little bit of a soft spot for Patton in this, just because when I was growing up, like I played with my older brother and his friends football a lot, and there were a few times when I went up against the big guy, you know, like he was pushing me or something. And You have to. But then I'd get my butt kicked, and I'd end up <laughs> crying on the sideline or something. But I think in the long run, it made me tougher. Yeah, you can't back down. You it's can't like the first day of prison thing, right? Yeah, exactly. You go after the biggest guy, and yeah. I did, and I got my butt kicked. But I earned respect in the long run. Yeah, props Second straight for... day for a fight with Tank, though, and third so far in this, this season. I mean, he had one back in spring with Looney. I mean, is this is this like a pattern? I mean, is this something we need to worry about? He might have seen the same film I saw on that first preseason game because he's one of the <laughs> players that did not impress me in no. that game. He's maybe um, uh, still upset about that. Yeah, yeah. so we're going to get to that a little bit later. 
Talking more practice, though, for me. I mean, Navarro Bowman practiced without a knee brace. Yes. That's that's big news. That's very big news. He's been complaining that it's it's slowed him down. So so good news there. Un, unsure if he's going to play this weekend against Dallas. And if he does, he's going to have that knee brace on. I mean, it's the preseason. I've got zero problem with him not playing at all during the preseason. I mean, do you want to see it? He I want to probably see get it. some reps. Yeah, but at but the same time, that, that third week is usually when the starters play the most. It would be mm-hmm. nice to see him get in there a little bit, then rest the, the right. week before the season starts. That's <sighs> that's what I'd like to see. I'm okay. I'm okay with him just sitting but out. But if he doesn't play at all, I have no problem with that either. Yeah, yeah. You know, because both Moody and Scove look good. And the, the uh, we'll get to that. I keep getting ahead of myself yes, here. I'm really yes. excited to, to break this down. <laughs> also, a lot of stuff going on in practice. They're they're shuffling around the the defensive backs a lot. Uh, a lot going on in the nickel and the dime, moving guys in and out. And for a second straight day, there was a new starter at cornerback. Keith Reeser worked out with the first-team defense yesterday and today ahead of Sharice Wright. Like At first, it seemed like, oh, maybe it's just a temporary thing to get him in there with the ones. But it was a second straight day that Reeser was in there. Reeser, of course, the fifth-round pick out of Florida Atlantic last year. He was a redshirt guy. Didn't even play. He tore his ACL late in 2013. Uh, it's really interesting to see. Apparently, he's looked really good so far as well. And you know, I don't. I hate to jump ahead of ourselves again. That the secondary did not look good against not great, Houston. No, um, and it, it was nice to see those guys on the field because I kept getting Kenneth Acker and Keith Reeser mm. mixed up. Yeah, they both were like the the guys that didn't play last year but were drafted late. And I was like, hey, which guys? Which again? One yeah. of the guys from Florida. One guy faster than the other guy. And who's who? But they all they both actually look pretty decent. Yeah. Kenneth Acker made a nice play down the right sideline. Uh, to break up a pass. He didn't actually break it up. He had great position to force the guy out of bounds. He had nowhere to go to catch that ball in bounds. It was uh, it was a nice play. So Yeah, uh, Acker getting some play there in the nickel and dime formations as well. So mm-hmm. he's definitely earning himself a little bit extra time here in the preseason. Good to see. Also, great to see Aaron Lynch back at practice. That That's a big one. I mean, that's a projected uh, le- left outside linebacker there, right? I mean, they've moved Ahmad Brooks over to the right side. Um, and apparently he's back in there with the ones. Second day of practice, just mm-hmm. no big deal. Like this he lost is, some this of that weight. Spot. Apparently, he's up to 280 pounds, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with a hamstring. Couldn't work out a lot. Back down to 270. Hopes to get into the 260s, and he's ready to go, which is a great sign. Great, great absolutely. Sign. And I think it sounds like Michael Wilhoyt and maybe Bruce Ellington. Yeah, are close. Getting close. Ellington missing a lot of time here. Gosh, it's really giving Quentin Patton a spot. Yeah, you're right. When you're trying to earn that third wide receiver spot and you can't even get on the practice field, that's not a good sign. And he, we've talked about this before when we looked at wide receivers with uh, Matt Mayoko. He, he's not your typical wide receiver downfield type of guy. He's he's a little bit raw in that aspect. Anyway, he's a former basketball player. He needs those reps. Yeah, one hundred percent. And now, and with Jerome Simpson out as well. I mean, Patton could could find himself right in a starting role. He was running with the ones when they brought out that third wide receiver package. He was the first on the field, obviously. And he got a lot of snaps in practice, so that's really good sign if you're Quentin Patton. Yep, shows some toughness on the field and in practice taking on the 290-pounders, yeah. which he probably needs to stop doing. Respect, yeah, but, but at the same time... Yeah, a little yeah, edge not. to his game, I like that. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's earning a little respect there in the, uh, in, in the, the clubhouse. He's getting prepped for... Next year's Hard Knocks when it's the San Francisco 49ers, maybe. Jimmy Ward, Kendall Hunter also back at practice, second straight day. Great to see. Great to see. Jimmy Ward, that's the other one. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that's a lot of competition. They're going to have to spend a lot of time on the field. It's anybody's um, game, yeah. And someone's got to have that slot position locked down. Tremaine Brock is entrenched as a starter, I think. They had been moving him inside. He did not look completely comfortable no. in that first preseason game, but that's to be expected. It's, it's a new position for him. Sure. Right. 
Sure, that's why you practice it, you know, in, in a game that means next to nothing for a guy like Brock. I mean, he's not going to lose his job looking bad like that. No, no. And I, I want to see Ward. I want to also. I want to see Kendall Hunter. I want to see him out there. I want to see how he looks. You know, how, how's that knee? How's how's his body? You know, this guy that, that can't stay healthy. I want to see it. I want to see Reggie Bush. But again, I have absolutely no problem not seeing any of these guys <laughs> yeah. this weekend. I want to see how they deploy Bush and, and how they use him as a weapon because mm-hmm. this this offense needs some weapons. We got to see Torrey Smith get deep a little bit in that first game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fun. Cap, Cap missed him, but you still just, exciting to see a, a man that's wearing red and white and gold <laughs> behind the other team is weird. When was the right? last time that happened? Yeah, I stood up like, "What is happening?" Right yeah, now? I know. <laughs> I think I yelled. So I think I screamed a yeah. little bit. That was exciting to see, even though it, there was no completion there. So yeah, should we should we just do a quick little recap here before we uh, before we get on the phone? Yeah, let's do that before we talk to Chris Biederman. Let's talk a little bit about this yeah. ball game. Just we'll give our quick take, and then we'll we'll get a full take from Chris. He wrote a great article about that. We'll get to all of that. Like you mentioned, it was great to see Torrey Smith get down the field. It was overthrown ball, but exciting. Also exciting to see Carlos Hyde get a nice stiff arm in there. He had a run. It was nullified by a hold, but yeah, still. His best run. but he, Fun to see. Yeah, looked good in space. He, um, he's he got a little bit of a gear for a big man. He's yeah. not fast necessarily, but he can move and he can get outside, and, and that's that's nice to see. Yeah, starters only played one series, but it was I, I loved the you know the pass over the middle to Anquan Bolden. What was it, 14 yards or something? I mean, that was that's what you want to see from him. Um also, obviously, the the story of the game was Jared Hain. I mean, yeah, he was running against the twos and threes and everything, but it was exciting. He, he got in there early. He was, and I have this down in my notes. I was very surprised. Exclamation point! He was the second running back. Yeah, ahead of Mike Hyde Davis on the field. Yeah, ahead of Mike Davis, which is very surprising. Right. I mean, obviously, when Hunter and Bush come back, Hain's going to get knocked down that chart. But when you get out there, and he was running people over, he looked very fast. He even switched his his the ball. To the outside arm, which yes. is one of our things. That's we talked about that with Kristen Michael. The Seahawks cannot put the ball on the other arm. This is a guy that's played uh, rugby guy, yeah. his whole life. But apparently he figures that's, it out quickly. The stiff arm is a big part of playing rugby, yeah. and you got to switch the arms. you got to be able to, to toss the ball, right, to pitch it. Yeah. Um, so that's just natural stuff for him, being able to run in the open field. Now the things, you know, learning the X's and O's, it'll be interesting to see how far behind he is with that, um, you know, all the intricate scheme stuff he has to do, picking up blitzes and stuff that a running back has to do, right. running between the tackles, running with good pad level. But the other things, he's just natural. He can carry the ball, and obviously that's not going to be a problem for him. And the punt and kick returns, he looked good on both of yes, those as well. catching the ball, he yeah. looked good. Again, that's, catching that's, the kicks. that's very so rugby-esque. The, the fact that he can add value on special teams makes me think that he can make this football team. Sounds like Coach Tom Sula wants to pump the brakes a little bit. Jared's a, uh, you know, he's a professional athlete, you know. So uh, uh, playing in space and things like that, we are uh, we needed to see things. And again, I mean... Uh, he did some good things, but uh, it's the first preseason game, and we've got to grow from here. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I I heard a funny uh, story about the press box during the game when he broke off that 53-yard run that a lot of these these Aussie reporters don't know the rules that go along with being in the press box. And right. they were cheering and yeah, they just, just high-fiving each other. And, yeah, <laughs> got a little too excited. That's really cool. So another guy that, that stepped up, obviously, that stood out immediately was Mike Purcell. Right? I mean, as, as a solid defensive line guy, he had six tackles. He was in with the first team. He got in early. Uh, the goal line tackle for loss. He was just penetrating, mm-hmm. not giving up any ground they had the, the penalty so the Texans had first and goal again on the, right. on the one yard line after they had already stopped them Purcell again first and goal stuffs Alfred Blue trying to plug it in there so um, he looks strong yes really fun to see 
Yeah, he was. That was a great goal line stand too. And defensive line, it's there's a so lot of deep. guys there. They're getting somebody's going to get cut or get sent to the practice squad yeah. that that could be a starter on another team. Yeah, I have no doubt about with that. With Purcell, it's it's a numbers game, and how many nose tackles can this team carry? Because <laughs> a lot of the other guys that can play nose also can play end. Right, and he's, he doesn't really. You want to have that flexibility? That. So yeah, I, I'm going to look for that in game two if they mm-hmm. start to move him to the outside. Mm-hmm then obviously they want to see that from him too. And that could be a reason that they can keep him because he's got that versatility because right now I don't think he does. Right. And and this is just another step in the right direction for a guy like Purcell, you know, a guy that was on the practice squad, you know, that's trying to make his way into the league. This is what you do. You go out there and you show it in these games that we don't even like to watch because we're afraid our guys are going to get hurt. He's making the most of his opportunity. We mentioned earlier linebackers Scove and Moody. They both came up pretty big. I mean, Scove had eight tackles, played a game-high 66 snaps. I know you're really high on Scove. I like Scove a lot, and man, he proved me right. He, I liked. I, think, I thought he played much better than Moody even. Um, yeah, they both looked good. He looked Mo- instinctive. Here's one of the things that I was really surprised when I saw this is he had the radio in his helmet. Yeah. And so somebody's got to. Yeah, and he was running it, and so he was running the show. He was calling in plays. Yeah, he's got um, the most experience, though. I mean, you know, he played which, a lot more than Moody. Yeah, I guess I don't know. That's just surprising because Moody's got a year on him with the 49ers and for him to come in, and so I, to me that tells me he's ahead of Moody on the depth chart. They, I mean, they were on the they were on the field. Is at the same it? Time. What, but but is Moody's it? been running ahead of him in practice. But well, this is what I'm saying. I mean, is it? Does it mean that he's ahead of him, or does it mean that he was running the Navarro Bowman spot? So he's actually behind right. that's, Bowman. No, that's a great point. But so then Moody's going to be yeah. Bowman's number two. Exactly. And on the other side, it's Will Hoy and Moody. Exactly. Yeah, you might be completely right about that. I mean, who knows? And We're going to find out a lot more about Desmond this. Bishop came up a little bit hurt, but he was the next guy calling in the plays. Right. So th- those two guys had the radio in their helmet. But I think it's about time we talked to Chris. I Peterman, think that's a great I have idea. So many more notes. So we might have to take this uh, <laughs> quite a long time here reviewing this game. Let's call. Uh, but let's talk to Chris. All right, with us on the phone, editor in chief, Niners Digest, covering the 49ers for Scout.com. He's also a contributor to AP Sports, covering sports throughout the Bay Area. Of course, I'm talking about Chris Biederman. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yes, you had a, a great uh, recap of the 49ers' first preseason game against Houston. What, what's your biggest takeaway from that first game? Um, it, it, I, I mentioned it a little bit in that piece. I, I think it's just things working, you know, the, the operations standpoint of, of running a, a game from, for the new coaching staff, getting the personnel in place, um, getting the plays in on time, which was obviously the, one of the biggest issues with yes. the previous coaching regime. Um, yes, last last season was brutal. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just think, you know, the operation stuff, and Jim Tomsula talked about it, you know, that the, the first touchdown, it was it was pretty clear Antoine Buffet and, and Dante Johnson didn't really have any interest in making that tackle. It was a, it was a cover three look. It was a third and eight, and they only rushed four. And I, I don't imagine Eric Mangini, um, you know, only rushing four and, and doing such a vanilla uh, coverage look right. um, in the regular season. So things like that uh, I'm not terribly concerned with. I thought um, Quentin Patton's block on Jared Haynes' 53-yard run uh, was a really nice play for him, uh, you know, because if he's not going to get targets in the passing game, which he hasn't gotten a lot either in camp or that preseason game, uh, he's going to have to make plays like that to help the offense. So, um, you know, overall, I think it was a smooth operation, and, and I imagine as these preseason games go on, uh, the intensity is going to ramp up a little bit. And I thought the 49ers, um, that, you know, the, the encouraging thing was a lot of those first-team defense guys were on that goal line stand, and uh, and for them to, to kind of bring that intensity when they needed it there, 
um, prevent the Texans from scoring, you know, might have might have given them a, a, a boost in confidence. I know it was Alfred Blue and a bunch of you know a fullback and and their reserve running backs getting those carries and not uh and not Foster, but you know it's it, from for the week week one of the preseason, all, all you can really want from a team is to stay healthy to to kind of operate properly, which the 49ers did. Yeah, and uh, and you know just just kind of get their feet underneath them. Right. I'm glad you brought up operations because there was exactly. Zero delay of game penalties. <laughs> Fun to see. Which was nice. Very nice to see. Um, I'm glad you said the thing about Antoine Bethea, too, because there was another time. He was just – it was like it was a non-contact practice right. for him. I, Taking it I, easy. I don't know if that's just the way he rolls as a veteran in the uh, first game of the preseason. Which but I'm that okay was... with if that is the case. I don't want any guys getting <laughs> well, hurt yeah. out there. Yeah. I mean, he, I, I would think he had the governor on um, – I think he he has a he's very self aware and he understands exactly what's at stake and and I think him being healthy for the start of the regular season is far more important than making a tackle in week one of the preseason and absolutely you know we we talk about the preseason now because you know we're right in the middle of it and and that game just happened sure but you know come November December we're not going to be thinking much about week one of the preseason and and who made what tackle and whatnot so I think more telling um, on that play was maybe uh, the coverage of you know, the slot guy and the linebackers, um, that's an area that could be a concern. Um, obviously, Patrick Willis isn't there anymore. He was always really good in coverage. And hopefully, Navarro Bowman's back to 100% because if you're not going to be rushing more than four guys and you're dropping everybody back into coverage, someone's got to be locking somebody down in coverage. Yeah, that's true. But in that particular play, it was that, you know, they Shorts found the, the soft spot in those cover three looks. That's exactly that. In, in most cover three plays where... You know, Shane Scove was going up to cover the running back, um, and then Moody was staying in his zone on the right side of the field, and, and Shorts, you know, ran that route uh, right behind where Scove would have been if, if he had dropped. And in front of Bethay, who, you know, obviously wasn't super interested in making that play, right. then, you know, it's, I mean, it's, you can, I, I don't really see it as a lack of, lack of execution thing. If anything, um, I would knock, you know, Bethay and, and Dante Johnson for not making that tackle. Right. Um, you know, it's it's clear that they're they're kind of holding back. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought up the the middle linebackers there. We know one of those spots belongs to Bowman. I'm a Moody guy. Peacock's more of a Scove guy. I feel like they they both played pretty well. Uh, I know it's early, but do you think one of these guys has a leg up to play next to Bowman? Yeah, and we can't forget about Michael Wilhoyt. Of course, of course. 49ers to to start all 16 games last year, and Jim Tomsula had. Um, some encouraging words in, in terms of his prognosis coming back. It, it sounds like he's he, he might be in line to start practicing next week. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Um, he's been dealing with he's been dealing with a leg thing, but uh, you know, a lot of the guys have talked about Nick Moody's off season and um, him having one of the best off seasons of any guys on the team in terms of you know his physical condition and and really um, absorbing the the reps that he took at the end of last year when he had to replace Chris Borland after he went out with that ankle injury. I think. Um, you know, it it wasn't really apparent in that game, uh, but in practice, Moody's been one of the guys that's really been flying all over the field, and and uh, he definitely enjoys contact. He 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 gives when the pads first came on, he was one of the guys that was really thumping the running backs in, in those blitz blitz pickup drills, and he gave Jared Hayne his first real shot, mm-hmm. and Hayne talked about it the next day. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I think all those guys kind of have skill sets that are dif- different from each other. I think uh, Moody is, is far and away the most athletic of those three. 
um, and he might be the best coverage guy. I think Scove it might be the best in terms of stopping the blitz or stopping the run, particularly when he when he blitzes the A's and B gaps. Um, I think he's a guy that that does that really well. And I think Will Hoyt, while he might not be as athletic as Moody, I think he's he's the headiest of of the three. He really understands the defense and, and has a grasp for all the concepts. So I think it's it's going to be kind of a mix and match. Uh, in terms of what the coaches are looking for, you know, all these guys do different things well, and they're going to have to figure out uh, maybe in the preseason what complements Navarro Bowman best. You know, when right. when Vic Fangio was running the show, that he wanted two two fast guys who could who could do lots of coverage and allow the uh, you know the the defense to just rush four guys, uh, and and you know with Eric Mangini, he's going to be doing a lot more blitzing. So does that mean he wants? Uh, he wants someone like Scove on the field, um, or does he want Will Hoyt to, to kind of, you know, be Bowman's right-hand man in terms of getting all the mental adjustments in, or does he want Moody to, to kind of mirror Bowman's athleticism if Bowman's back to, you know, full health? Is Moody going to be that guy who's flying around as a compliment, kind of like Willis was uh, to Bowman? So it'll be interesting to see. Those are, those, that'll definitely be an interesting battle when, uh, when Will Hoyt gets back on the field. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Scove was the guy that had his radio in his helmet and was calling in the plays. Does that mean he's sort of being penciled in as the backup to Navarro Bowman's spot, and then maybe Moody and Will Hoyt are going to be working next to him at the other spot? Do you, do you see it as an interchangeable thing there with the middle linebackers? How do you feel about the scheme? Has you, have you noticed that in practice or heard anything from Mangini about how those middle linebackers will play in his scheme? Yeah, but Mangini talked about uh, yesterday how, how Scove is, is really doing well in terms of picking up the offense. And obviously he's a Stanford guy, and, and you know, when he was at Stanford and had Fangio, they, they were running a pretty complex scheme. And it seems like um, that guy who's ever playing the strong side linebacker spot is going to have the green dot in his helmet, whether it's Scove or Bowman. Um, I think Moody could do it if he had to, and, and I know Will Hoyt could. And, and those spots, I think, are probably interchangeable. Uh, I think in the early in the offseason program, they probably wanted certain guys focused on on one spot. Uh, Moody was probably weak side. Uh, they, I think the weak side guy, uh, it was called the Jack under Fangio. I don't know what the terminology is for for Mangini's defense, mm-hmm. but on the weak side, I think those guys are do a little bit more coverage, um, are free to make a, a few more plays, and are probably used a little bit more in blitzes. Whereas the Mike is is there to to anchor against the run. Uh, take on pulling guards, um, you know, take on fullbacks, read the, read the quarterback, things like that. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Um, but I think Scove, uh, I think it was a good test for him, giving him the green dot. And uh, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Moody maybe get it uh, one of these one of these preseason games just to see how he handles it and see if he can make the calls defensively. We are speaking with Chris Biederman, Editor-in-Chief, Niners Digest. Chris, uh, can you maybe speak for a second on, on Mike Purcell? We were just talking about how impressed we were with, with his uh, his game back on Saturday. It, it's a deep defensive line. I mean, is there a possibility that he doesn't even make the squad? Yeah, there's a possibility. I think Mike Purcell is definitely going to end up on a 53-man roster somewhere if, if it's not here. He's not going to get back to the practice squad. Um, and Jim Tom Sula has talked a lot about just in general the when when a guy's in the third year they it really starts to click for them and that's where Purcell is uh, after two years on the practice squad and and you know working with Tom Sula closely um, he's really started to figure things out and it, and it sounds like you know the front seven 
while Mangini might be dialing up things that are going to be a little bit more exotic, overall the front seven and, and the pass rush schemes are, are going to be pretty similar to what they ran just because they're going to be Tom Sula's – that's Tom Sula's baby. So, um, yeah, I think Purcell is going to end up on a 53-man roster. It's going to depend on what the 49ers want. Are they going to want a roster spot on the guy that plays nose tackle who doesn't necessarily play end as much as some of the other guys? Uh, it's It looks like the, the first team – or the, the, the starting defensive line is going to be Glenn Dorsey, Ian Williams, and, and Quentin Dial. And all three of those guys can play nose tackle if they need to. Right. So are they going to keep a fourth nose tackle on the roster? That's kind of hard to say. Um, you know, it looks like the 49ers, just, you know, they just dealt that they just dealt the tight end, Asante Cleveland, to the Patriots for, for Jordan Davey. But um, it looks like they could do something similar along the defensive line. You look at someone like Tony Gerard Eddy, uh, or Purcell, if if they can get you know a sixth or seventh rounder, that might be better than losing them for nothing, because um, they're not. I, I, Gerard Eddy isn't eligible for the practice squad, I don't believe, and and Purcell would be, but I'd imagine he get picked up based on his production and pedigree. Now, if um, if Purcell system, does so. end up doing a little bit of playing a little bit of end, do you think that could possibly make? Because I thought he outplayed. I mean, they were playing a little bit of a different position there, obviously, but I thought he outplayed Tank Carradine. Is there a possibility that Carradine could be a candidate to be traded? Uh, I I don't think so. I, it, that would be very very surprising to me, considering um, you know Trent Baalke isn't isn't one to trade his early draft picks, with the exception of AJ Jenkins, who clearly wasn't working out. I think Carradine definitely shows signs of of being a being an important contributor along that offensive line or defensive line. Sorry, and um, I think he'll work primarily as a nickel pass rusher at right defensive end. That's where he's been working. He's been getting some base work as well behind Quentin Dial there. But I'd imagine he would he's going to be a, a base guy. Or, sorry, a nickel guy rushing the quarterback. And, and so it's hard to say. I mean, the, 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 the defensive line, you know, the Darnell Dockett doesn't have any trade value. Um, Glenn Dorsey's been kind of injured, and he, he, he missed all of last year, and he hasn't practiced the last couple of days with, with a muscle strain, Jim Tom Sula said. So uh, you have Eric Armstead, who's been working with the third team, uh, you know, just to give kind of a, a, an indication of how deep that defensive line is when your first-round pick is working with the third team. And it's not like he's having a bad camp either. Um, right. Armstead's definitely shown flashes. So they have a lot of guys there. And, I just, you know, Purcell was, was an undrafted guy uh, and – I just don't see him keeping four guys who can play nose tackle because it looks like Quentin Dial is pretty entrenched in that starting role, and he can play nose. Um, if Dorsey's healthy, he can play nose. Uh, Ian Williams might be their best defensive lineman right now, uh, and and you saw that Saturday he was getting in on, on nickel situations, which didn't really happen the last two years under Fangio. Fangio didn't like having nose tackles on, on the field. Um, he obviously had Justin Smith and Ray McDonald, who are pretty good players, but it's interesting uh, it's an interesting sign with Williams getting time at nickel uh, that kind of indicates where he is in terms of the overall depth chart for that. But, yeah, I mean, I I, I just can't see Purcell leapfrogging one of these. You know, they, they use a second-round pick on Carradine, and he hasn't really had a, an, an opportunity to, to get any significant time yet. So I think it's it would be far too early to uh, to give up give up on him now and tank um, looks so much bigger because he was 270 something right. pounds i think at florida state he's got to be pushing three bills now he would look even bigger than he because he had already looked really big last year i think he was about 290 he looked even bigger yeah. on saturday he, he's he's put on some serious weight <laughs> thick in the legs too it doesn't look like it's artificial weight he just looks like he's a big boy 
Yeah, and Quentin Patton decided to pick a fight with him. Smart today. move. Practice, yeah. Which I love the tenacity, but jeez. <laughs> Come on. Well, you know, we mentioned uh, the fact that that's now a third incident uh, for Tank there getting into little scuffles dating back to spring. I mean, is there some sort of, is there something the 49ers should worry about? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Jim Tom Sewell is going to talk to him about it, and, and I, I we haven't seen any stuff like this come up with, with Carradine in games. So uh, I'm not exactly sure what went down today. I think Carlos Hyde, he, he tackled Carlos Hyde, and, and maybe he tripped and fell. And, you know, you're in, in these padded practices, you, you don't ever make the tackle, really. You just right. kind of wrap the guy up don't and let him Don't take him to the go. ground, right. Yeah, and some, sometimes these guys will get tripped up and they'll fall and, and, you know, accidents will happen. And then it looked like Quentin Patton took exception to that. And then uh, push Carradine, and Carradine pushed him back, and then you Patton, know, Patton ran away. <laughs> well, no, Patton, Patton stood his ground, and but at the same time they were on the offensive sideline, so Carradine didn't have a ton of backup over right. there. But, um, he doesn't need a it, ton of it, backup. <laughs> yeah, it got squashed pretty quick, and uh, but Patton did did land a, a punch or two in Carradine's face mask. I don't know how smart that is. That is to, also to not be, smart not for a wide receiver. Not a good idea. <laughs> not your hands. I think it's probably the, time, yeah, the, the part of camp when you start seeing stuff like that. It's like they're just they're ready for some games. Yeah, right? no doubt. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. I do want to ask you real quick about the other side of the ball before we let you go. Brandon Thomas, uh, pro football focus, graded him out really well, and I thought just from the eyeball test, to me, he obviously stood out and played pretty well at right guard. Is he getting more reps with the first team this week in practice? Uh, he actually he did uh, on Tuesday. Today, not so much. Ian Silverman got some looks at right guard. But I think the 49ers have to feel pretty confident in what they have with him at right guard and, and maybe want to give Silverman a little bit of a look um, just in case they feel like he's, he's their best backup guard option uh, right now. But I do think, I mean, that Brandon Thomas was a guy going into the draft last year who a lot of people had as a as maybe a late first or, or second round pick as an offensive tackle, and then he had that injury and he ended up falling to the 49ers in the third round. Um, so it, it it's not really a surprise to see him get comfortable pretty quickly. Uh, you know, he, going going from left tackle to right guard is is a little bit of an adjustment at first, but it was something he was doing in the off season program, and it's it's basically just mirroring your steps and getting comfortable doing that. And uh, playing guard is more about recognition of the blitz and everything like that, where as a tackle you're out on an island. And if you can be a tackle, you can definitely definitely be a guard physically. So right. he, has a, he has a physical traits for it. Um, the question is, you know, it, it's the, the one kind of strange thing to me about the offensive line to this point is Joe Looney has been working at center with the first team for the most part, but he hasn't gotten any guard work with the first team. So it's either been... Joe Looney and Marcus Martin working at center and right guard, or Marcus Martin working hmm. with Brandon Thomas at right guard. Okay. So you haven't seen Looney be mixed and matched with the first team, um, but Marcus Martin has been playing both, and when he plays center, it's been it's been Brandon Thomas. So it's it's interesting. It, it's it almost makes you wonder if Joe Looney doesn't win that starting job as center. It makes you wonder what his role is going to be um, because he hasn't get, been getting a ton of reps elsewhere, and and maybe we'll see them move him around a little bit, um, you know, these, these next few preseason games. But um, that's definitely been one of the more interesting things at Cam. And I, and I wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Brandon Thomas was, uh, was the week one starter at right guard. I, I, think, I think they drafted him to start. 
Um, he's got all the traits to start, and, and it just it's just up to him to, to develop, and I think he's doing that. He is the editor-in-chief of Niners Digest, covering the 49ers for Scout.com. You can follow him on Twitter if you don't already. It's at Chris Biederman. Chris, thank you so much for joining us Thanks, today. Chris. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. You bet. So I do have a ton of other notes here. I do as well. On the game, so I, I want to get well, into Unfortunately, we had to let him go. Things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's busy man. Yes, he is a busy man. Covering the 49ers and whatnot. I also, I didn't even get to Bradley Pinion, who obviously I watched very, very closely. I did too, just because and he had a funky punt in there. He did. There was, there was a funky punt. Wrote, for me, that overshadowed everything else he did because I couldn't wait to mention the funky punt to you. <laughs> He averaged 48.8 yards a punt. That's with the bad punt. Yeah. Yeah. He had a long of 58. I mean, we didn't really get to see a whole lot of, like, coffin corner kicking going on because, you know, the Niners offense was struggling to move the ball. But I I thought he looked really good out there. He looked like he had a really strong leg. He had a free kick as well after that safety. So that was was good to see. Um, you want, and I also wrote down Andy Lee's first game as well. He actually he only averaged forty point eight yards. He did have a little bit more precision to his though. A, a few uh, kicks inside the ten, stuff uh, like that. So, so we're gonna we're gonna monitor this all, all season, aren't we? season okay. long. That's what it's come to on this Gold Faithful <laughs> podcast. Hunting. Just a few notes here of, of people that impressed and and people who maybe did not. Aside from all the people we've mentioned. Jaquaski Tart. Yeah. I just he he jumps out. He's big, he looks he's good. rangy, and he was he kind of just moves at a different speed than the rest of the second team DBs. He looks out of place when he's running, you know, in the second half and he's one of those guys, he's big, he's fast, he's coming in, and when he arrives, he comes with authority. Yeah. You so, know, he was and, running with the really dime like today at practice. So yeah, maybe he's he's you know, maybe move up to the nickel at and some I'm point. Sure he's and... still in a developmental mode. I don't mm-hmm. expect him to, you know, unless something happens to one of the starters, obviously he's not gonna play a ton, I'm sure, but um, looks looking like a good, pick. a promising Certainly. young player there. Yeah, uh, Armstead obviously. Chris talked about that a little bit. He's the obvious traits are there. So just consistency in him developing a little bit. He's got power and forget holding his ground. He can pick a man up and drive him backwards. Right. He can be a monster if he wants to be. So hopefully his development continues. Mike Davis. He was sort of overshadowed by Hayne. Right. And the fact Hayne that he had didn't the big show run. up until later in the game. Right. But he looked solid, man. He had to create a lot it. on his own because that second team offensive line did not look particularly well, no. especially on the left side. Brandon Thomas and um, Trent Brown looked okay on the right. The left side was just a swinging gate. Um, so Mike Davis had to do a lot on his own. And um, Dylan Thompson, jeez. Oh, poor, poor Dylan, Dylan Thompson. Thompson. He had no shot. No. That, no he, that didn't. he had no team, time. Yeah. Number 61, Andrew Tiller for the 49ers was playing left tackle. Uh, in the second half with when Dylan Thompson was in there, and it, yeah, it was not not a good situation for him. You know, to the defensive side, I thought Eli Harold looked pretty good. I know we talked about him quite a bit the other day or uh, last episode. Uh, Corey Lemonnier, he, he looked all right. Lemonnier yeah. did not. Yeah, he did, he looked he did not impress. Not good, no, he looked like he was just a body out there. Harold sort of looked like a, ro- a rookie. He kind yeah. of didn't create any pressure, but you can see up the burst. You can mm-hmm. see like the springs in his legs. Talk about the energy, um, but yeah. he kind of looked like a rookie. So it's like not nothing to be worried it's about early. there. But yeah, yeah, you want to see him develop. He looked a little bit out of place in mm-hmm. coverage. Yeah, he was in zone on the right side. There was a pass play out there, and he's kind of like, hey, like wait, yeah, wait, what's going on? No. Oh, oh, my bad. What do I do? Okay, run that way. Go. <laughs> um, so, but you know, obviously those are. Those are baby steps there for a guy who played defensive end in college. Of course, um, Moody he accumulated a lot of numbers. Um, he got I those wanted nine to tackles. see, a, yeah, he, he got to play a lot, which is nice. Um, sure, he got hung up on one play. I mentioned how Tank didn't impress me that much, and there was a, there was one of those early uh, first quarter. Alfred Blue had a 14 yard 
run up the middle. Carradine just got rooted out and completely turned, mm-hmm. opened up a huge lane, and Moody right behind him right. just got caught up in trash. Wasn't you know he he had every opportunity to make that play, just kind of got Didn't. caught up, and it was a non-factor in the play. Scove on the other side took on the pulling guard, so he was out of it. And then you know before you know it, uh, Blue is deep into the secondary. So Moody's playing right behind Carradine, and they both got taken out of the play, which is not not good, not a good look at all. If you're trying to stop the <laughs> run, so hopefully we see that clear up. Blaine Gabbert. At first, you're thinking he looked good, and then I went back and watched the game. Not that good. I want to see him complete a ball further than seven yards down the he's field. He's Alex Smith. He's never done that. Yeah, no, he he just reminds me of Alex Smith. I mean, bigger hands, of course, but it's just <laughs> it, 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 you're right. It's just a lot of tight end work, you know, which yeah. is one of the 49ers' deepest positions. But I, I, I mean, I, it's I'm just not. You're hoping you see in a guy that if Cap unfortunately does go down that's going to come and win you games and I still haven't seen that from Blaine Gabbert I just feel like he's not the same type of athlete as Kaepernick which is surprising that he would be his backup I feel like you you would want someone that could run similar plays as Kaepernick but I don't see the strong arm and I don't see the athleticism I mean there's not that many guys with that good of arm and leg talent put together but But Gabbert doesn't really make up yeah I know what you mean yeah, he's not going to run a lot of read options, but he's pretty athletic in the pocket, but he's not going to run any read options. But he's not he, he, he doesn't push the ball at all down the field. Um, Being too I, cautious. I'd like to just see a little bit of that. And it's I don't know the preseason, yeah, air it but out. he never has. So right. even dating back to his days at Missouri, that was kind of the knock on him. Yeah. Check down Charlie, they call it. <laughs> so what do you want to see looking forward to the Cowboys game? Um, like I said, I, I obviously don't want to see any injuries. I want to see the offensive line. I want to see a, a little bit better mold. I want to see maybe, maybe two series out of the starters, you know, maybe – Maybe put together a couple of Carlos Hyde runs. I want to see Kendall Hunter get out there. I want to see Reggie Bush in space. I want to see the defensive line. I want to see if Purcell can have a nice follow-up game. I have the same note, the offensive line. I, I want it to start to look like a unit. Yeah, you know? like of who, course. Who's playing where and how do they play together? And let's see that unit gel because the offensive line is is sort of one, you know, it's one cohesive thing. I don't want to see that come together. I want to see the secondary bat down a ball. You know, I don't want to see. I don't <laughs> want to see defense. these backup quarterbacks That's, and yeah. just completing passes so, all day yeah, long. You, which they've got to be able to cover, and we've got to be able to have pressure. There's no Alden yeah, Smith. That's good call. So, the, and those things work together. So we need to get pressure and cover. That's. I want to see Bradley Pinion. Just defense. I want to see some more hang time. That's all. <laughs> it was that. good. I just I want more of yeah. it. Yeah, and hey, as much as I want to see Cap to Tory Smith downfield connection and see that kind of happen. Um, I can wait on that. Yeah, I'm not worried about seeing no, that. No. I mean, hopefully that does happen. Just even I don't want to see anybody get hurt with when all these injuries. But throwing that pass once in the preseason is going to make people have to defend on all yes, season. You have to respect it, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I really want to see DeAndre White, Quentin Patton. Sure. Uh, a lot of these rookie tight ends. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to have Ellington back on the field. Get some clarity here with this third to fifth wide receiver situation. Jerome Simpson's gone. What is that going to look like? God forbid Bolden or Smith oh, know, get hurt. Right? And we're going to need the third, fourth wide receiver. Ellington's anyways. not practicing. So, yeah. yeah, who's going to step up and, and and win that job? That's going to be very interesting. I want to see those guys get a lot of work. Yeah, I'm excited for the game this weekend. I'm going to sit there nervous the entire time, like I did back on Saturday, just you know praying for no injuries. Should we get to the top five? Top five this week, rivals. Top five rivals. Top five most hated rivals in the National Football League for the 49ers. Whose turn is it to go first? I think it's your turn to go okay. first. I'm going to go first. All right, number five for me. Uh huh. 
The Falcons. Falcons, yeah, that, that dates back. Oh, and that's that, just, I did not care about, they were even, you know, NFC West is like, who cares about the Falcons? Mm-hmm. But the Dirty Bird. Yeah, yeah. It, it was ugly. 1998, was it? Yeah, I can, okay, I can oh, respect yeah, that one. That's, that's enough. I will probably hate the Falcons forever just from that one All right. Dirty Bird offseason, Jamal Anderson. Really dumb. Jamal Anderson's run anyways. life has taken a turn. Have you heard? He's, no, is he, is he, uh, you should go, yeah, listeners and, and Nick, go look up okay. Jamal Anderson's life. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Yeah. Do, do, do you guys Google football. that? Jamal yeah, Anderson. Yeah, Jamal Anderson life? after football. Okay. Uh, I mean, is four? it like a Maurice LeClaret kind of thing? Like, is no, it? not as many firearms, okay. Okay. I don't think. But as much yeah, Grey Goose? Just, yeah, look it up. We'll, okay. we'll get back into Five it. Five Falcons, all right. Uh, four Rams. Yeah. Yeah, the former Los Angeles Rams. They don't – They don't. I, I like them – I don't dislike them as much as I used to mm-hmm. when they were the L.A. Rams. I had more friends growing up where I grew up, Central California. It was all, you know, Giants-Dodgers. It was Rams, 49ers, some Raiders. Of course. Um, so obviously those teams are always, you know, your rivals, plus they were in your division – they're the L.A. Rams. It's lessened since they've moved to St. Louis, but Rams are still. So you play them twice a year. Yeah, yeah still I get it. Playing twice a year. All right, and they're still very overrated. We're going to talk about them in two weeks. Two weeks. Two yeah. weeks. We've already previewed the Seahawks. We're going to get to the Rams here in a couple weeks. We're Cardinals as well. Stay yeah. tuned for that. Number three, the Raiders. Raiders. Gotta hate them, right? Yeah, I don't think I even need to say why. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to have a good reason for it. So I'll hear your reason on that. Okay, they've got to be on your list. You, you right? think I got the Raiders? <laughs> <laughs> I think you do because you either. Yeah. Here's the okay. The worst thing ever it, – it's not the worst thing ever. <laughs> a very bad thing that annoys the hell out of me is the the, the A's Giants hat. Oh, or, yeah. You know, you, do you see many Raiders Niners hats? Or? I don't see any Raiders Niners. I've seen a couple that, jerseys. Some people that, yeah. just rep the bay, and it's weird. It's, yeah. It happens less in football than in baseball for some reason, but no, it's not cool. Okay. I get you. All it's right. It's not cool. Number two. Number two, Seahawks. Yeah. Number two. Yeah. Oh, I know who's number They're, one. They haven't grown to the level quite yet, uh-huh. and I don't know as many Seahawks fans okay. as part of it as well. Um, and and there's a chance that, you know, and bright lights burn out quickly, right? All of a sudden, maybe the Seahawks in a couple of years aren't going to be – maybe they're going to be good forever. But you know, maybe we, they're not. And we talk about offensive lines and how scary ours is. Seattle's offensive line not looking good Ooh, either. I've got a great – when we go to the mailbag in a little while, okay. a great tweet right, from we'll one of our Seahawks fan listeners who was excited that we talked about the Seahawks on our show. All right, we'll get to um, that. Number one. Number one for me – is the team that will always be there and always just annoy the hell to me, which is the Dallas Cowboys. I already wrote it down. I knew yep. you were going to say that. Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> They're still ahead of the Seahawks. Seahawks could get there. All right. I mean, they are number two with a bullet, but it's still the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. My top five, I just have those two switched. We'll go ahead and start with that. I have okay. Seattle as number one. Uh-huh. I have Dallas as number two, obvi- for obvious reasons. Everybody knows why. Yeah. You know, the turkey on the 50, I think, is what kind of put Seahawks into, into number this one. This recent, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, the 2013 playoffs. And just having to watch them go to two straight Super Bowls, you know, like that's... That's but then they lost the second one. Didn't that make so everything awesome. else so much better? Uh, yeah, well, they still won one. They were already number one at that point, so it was so amazing. And to you know, watch it's still them the Seahawks. So you still just be like, well, okay, five rings. Yeah. What else? I know that's it's you know, an you, easy one. You always have that. Yeah. And since they aren't the current champions, they aren't the reigning champions. Right. It's like whatever. Yeah. You know, number three for me, Raiders, and that that's for the you know, like you said, it, it, what kills me is last season. When the Raiders beat the 49ers, everyone's like, oh, we're better than you. We're always going to beat you. It's like, okay, all right, listen, that was a horrible game. Yes, yes, you won. Congratulations. What's your record, by the way? Oh, yeah, you won that game. It was meaningless at that point. The thing that gets me at the Raiders is that it's the idea of the whole thing. It's How like, so? Like, grown men dressing up like it's Halloween. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, we're scary tough guys. Don't come to the black hole. Whatever. Why not? Just yeah, come right. on, dude. Yeah, 
Well, you see a lot of that at Niner games, too. Not the dressing up so much. It's just like the tough guys. It's just a football game, guys. It's just a game. <laughs> yeah, that I'm big not on board with any of that. That's yeah. just ridiculous. So, yeah, Raiders obviously number three there. Uh, number four for me, Green Bay Packers. I just it dates back to Brett Favre days. You know, I just I really, really hated the Packers for a long time. So the catch two, obviously one of my one of my favorite moments as a as a Niner fan, because it was that time, first time of like, yes, beat right. the freaking the Packers. Packers. That was so big. Yeah. And pre ninety eight the 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 and pre Seahawks, the Packers would have been on my list. They're definitely six on this list. Yeah, yeah. And then the Rams for me, number five, mm-hmm. for the same reasons you, you mentioned when they were in right. LA, you know, uh one of my uh I guess he'd be my uncle-in-law or something. Yeah, regardless, he was a Rams fan. And so when they were going on their run also with Kurt Warner, oh, it was just so annoying to have to hear him talk about it constantly. And oh, <laughs> oh and then what's his, per- Purcell? No, what was his name? Oh, they're Dick Vermeil. Oh, Dick Vermeil. And yeah. his crying. And oh, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> and so, the Flipper Anderson game. Oh, don't even get me started on Flipper. Um, you know, it's... I think a lot of 49ers fans have a lot of these same teams, especially the, those top four. Yeah. Um, what are the other teams, though, that are around the league? Because the East Coast bias thing gets worse and worse for me. Like, I, I didn't used to care about it as much, but I I almost have to turn off the TV if they start talking about the Jets or the Giants. Or Giants, the I think, are kind of in that, right? It's Just so ridiculous. Because yeah. of the whole Kyle Williams thing a few years ago in the NFC Championship game. Also, you know, you look back at the Giants uh, with the Jeff Garcia game. Yeah. The, oh, the, the postseason game with, with the huge comeback. Like, right. There's there's definitely a little bit of rivalry there, I think, with the Giants. Th- those teams would definitely be next on the list for me. You know which team I don't like at all? Hmm. And it's nothing that they did or that they're even a factor really at all is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why? The two-tone helmet. That you just don't like me. it, huh? It's like I see them on the field. It's like that looks like a crappy D3 Everything about School. their uniform. It, it just looks like you don't look like you have yeah. graduated to the NFL yet. Well, and, and the they franchise. Haven't. I mean, they, they, haven't won they had one good season, right, with Mark Brunel, and they went to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. I mean, so it's not like a rival. It's not like a hate thing. It was just like, what are you doing? Yeah, man? I'm Get with it you together. On that. You know, <laughs> you're a professional a franchise. <laughs> What's the deal? <laughs> I like that. So number five, I would say, uh, looks like we have the Rams coming in yes. at number five there. Um, we actually may need to move that up since we don't have a whole lot of other ones. I guess Rams got to be four. Who was your Rams four? Rams uh, My four was oh, Green Bay. So it's between Packers and Falcons. We have to, we got to fight that out. That's for, a tough you know, one. So maybe you had them four, and they you had Falcons. There were some of those big games, and I, I totally feel you. They on were division the rivals for a long time, though the Falcons. The Falcons were, yeah, but yeah. there was they never mattered, even yeah, when they were just in that the one division. season yeah. of the Dirty Bird. Um, I, I got no problem with the Packers. Green Bay, five. Green Bay There's five. So many big games. Rams so many four looks there. like Raiders are three. We both had them there, mm-hmm. and then it's you know it's Dallas Seahawks and Cowboys. You know, right now. I think if they're if they're if they're in a tie, you got to give the tie to the team to the that's current, on top. The, the current, current right? Yeah, because okay. there's not any feuds going on currently. So with Dallas the Cowboys. two, and then Seattle number one. There's the board. I like it. That's it. Mailbag, mailbag. Twitter user RugerJH22 goes by the name Leroy Green, which might be an alias. Uh, he ref- he referenced an article that he wanted us to read um, about the Seahawks O line that could be a problem. Obviously, they lost Max Unger in the Jimmy Graham trade. Was their center um, mm-hmm. already ranked near the bottom of the league in sack percentage? Yikes! Um, yeah, that was before they lost Unger. Pro Football Focus ranked guard James Carpenter and right tackle Justin Britt among the worst pass blocking Ooh. tackles, or Justin Britt's among the worst p- pass blocking tackles in the NFL, maybe the worst. And James <laughs> Carpenter's not much better at guard. So maybe that's a team you can put some pressure on. Right. They, they ride 
Marshawn Lynch very heavily if he gets hurt or they're he's old. not opening up as many holes because yeah. he does a lot. He leads the league in broken tackles every year like of by a does. large margin. His truck is pretty amazing. It is a strong truck, 99 yeah. truck for sure. Should be. And yeah. Russell Wilson, I mean, he's got that escapability. You know, he he's very um, – he could feel it in the pressure, you know. He, and, and for me, I hate Russell Wilson. Obviously, as the Seattle's number one. Do you but find that there's because I feel like he people, gets lucky so much. A lot of people just his personality. They think he comes off a little bit false, like a little bit too. Well, he he's a self admitted bully when he was growing up. He he admitted to that, and like he he became all apologetic about it as an adult and everything. But he's that kid that was good at sports and was a bully. Which is just yeah. to me, that's just horrible. <laughs> that's just horrible. See, he's I trying to make up for it by by trying to be Mr. Nice Guy. Yes. He's always at the children's hospital on his Twitter and something. Like that's a, BS. My my least favorite player in the NFL. It's Russell Wilson. Okay, All right. maybe we could do that as a list. Least favorite players. Oh, we I could actually know. absolutely do that. Be some good arguments there about yeah, why we don't yeah. like certain guys. I don't know why we always have to take it negative. Yeah, that's a good point. We go positive. <laughs> our our five favorite non Forty ers and one of our most diehard listeners, Phenopolot. He goes by on Twitter. He wanted us to talk about the Madden 16 ratings. Have you looked at them yet? I have not. They've been leaking a little bit of stuff. Let me just tell you about what they've got. Overall team, 78 overall. For the Niners? Yeah, which okay. is in the NFC West. It's tied with the Rams. All right. Cardinals for the, are— For the bottom, right? For the bottom, okay. yeah. Cardinals yeah. are 82, and mm-hmm. then the Seahawks are rated over one. Or 91 overall. 91, that's big. Yeah, which is a, a large gap. Yeah. I, I don't like that 91. I think that's going to that's gonna come down. By the end of the season, because they adjust it every week, which I really like about mm-hmm. Madden, obviously with rosters and everything. Uh, Seventy-eight, that seems about right. C plus, you know. Yeah. Until they really do something, I mean, with all of the losses, that that seems a bit. I can high. get behind that. So the to best, be completely honest, here's the big thing: is is players wise, they lost a lot of those guys that were in the '90s. So their mm-hmm. best player now is 93 overall, Navarro Bowman. Okay. Um, which is still that's that's generous. That's generous for, for a guy that didn't play ACL. last year. That's right. So they're giving him like kind of. Uh, just a buy for everything. Sure. It's like, okay, let's see how he looks when he comes back. He's grandfathered in with that Antoine 93. Antoine 91 overall. I, I, can, I can get um, it on that. It still has Alden Smith listed on here at 89 overall. Ooh, see? Boom, right there. They're, they're more like 76, right? Uh, so now right? they're going to be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got you to gotta be honest. The overall rating is going to go down for sure that there. That 78's dropping. Um, Aaron Lynch, 79. Mm. And Ahmad Brooks is 80. So those are our new starting outside linebackers there. Both with six sacks last um, season. I can get into that. And it that. doesn't have the that's, – that's the only defensive players it has leaked yet. Um, that comes out next week? Madden, e- I think? Yeah. I don't know. And I, I haven't so. played any of these new generation Maddens, so uh, I'm kind of out of the loop. But I'm just kind of referencing my old Madden days. Don't worry. I'll buy it next Tuesday. How, we'll we'll okay. get into it. Uh, let's see. Carlos Hyde, 77 overall. Torrey Smith, 86. What's Bolden? Does it have Bolden, Bolden on 88. There? Okay. So it looks like Bolden is probably – it doesn't have Kaepernick. Oh, no. Kaepernick, 81 overall. Okay. Wow. So That's got to be a dip from last it season. It is probably Deserve a little it. dip. Yeah. Anquan Bolden looks like our, our top offensive player at 88 unless – I was going to say Staley's probably Joe pretty Staley's high. Staley's got to be the highest. Yeah. I would say and he's he might, probably number two on the whole team. Yeah, and he could be – he, he might be one. He could be ahead of Yeah, he might Navarro be in the 94-95 range. He, he always gets ranked really high. Going over the depth, actually, we just talked about earlier about the O-line. Uh-huh. If the 49ers lost Joe Staley, oh. that is almost oh, the most important your piece tongue. on the team right bite now. Bite your tongue. Yeah. So, that, that's terrifying. Yeah, depth. Let's build that depth. Then let's, you're looking let's... at a four-win season. Oof. Where are we at? On that note, we're wrapping it up, huh? Yeah. On, on, the, on the possibility of losing our best player. <laughs> <laughs> what if our best player gets hurt? Okay, Okay, thank you for we'll listening. see you next week. <laughs> Good luck this weekend, 49ers. Do not get hurt against the Cowboys. Oh, do you want to give away a shirt? 
Ooh, yeah, these shirts are pretty yes. sweet. If, so for those of you who stuck out the whole show and are listening at the end, Ooh, you're there gonna we get go. the benefit because you're I like it. be part of the t-shirt giveaway. These are for the hardcores. Just give us whatever. We're going to pick somebody. Whoever gives us the best tweet, hashtag GoldFaithful, and uh, we're going to give it away a t-shirt. Hashtag free t-shirt in there That's as right, well. and we'll let you know next week who is the winner of that shirt. Thanks for listening, everybody. Gold Faithful 49ers radio show. We will be coming at you again next week. And we'll talk about the defensive backs. Yep. And that. we like will uh, have somebody on to chat with us, I hope. Yeah. I don't we'll know find who somebody yet. fun. Somebody good. And maybe we'd want to get to the food, right? Food and drink. Let's do that you next do week. That? Top five Our food favorite and drink. food and beverage during a football game. You want to we'll stadium food or you want to talk about like more like tailgate or what you're eating at home? I think whatever. Combined. Overall. Okay. Yeah. Just favorite football food. Mm-hmm. Top five. I like it. Until next time, thanks for listening. I'm Brian Peacock. You can follow me at BD Peacock. That is Nick Winkler. Where can they find you, Nick? At Bay Area Wink. There you go. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Chris Biederman. Talk to you next time. See you.